Do you ever want your brain to stop going round and round? You keep mulling over and over. How am I going to solve this problem? How am I going to take care of this issue? Where is my next step forward? How is grace working in my life? In this episode, we're going to nail down three grace truths that will set you free. As author and pastor, we get face-to-face with the enemy of self. God said, move out of the way. Grace is abounding. Today, we're going to take him up on it. Amen. See you on the inside. Hello from the Pacific Northwest. This is Kristen from KristenWombach.com, and you're listening to Intentional Now Podcast. Answer me this. How does a Baptist farm girl from Oregon stumble upon the mystical nature of Christ, the love of God? If you're like me, Jesus has redefined what you used to say yes to. Join me and my guest on a mystical journey. But before we talk about the spiritual woo-woo, you need to know I am totally sold out to Jesus. It's amazing what the love of God reveals. Hello, family. How is everybody? doing today? Oh, it just seems like during the summer, time speeds up. Would you agree? <laughs> just speeds up. It's probably because, well, as Oregonians, we just cram so much outdoor activity during the summer months. That should be it, right? What about you? What have you been up to? My goodness. Okay, here we are. Time to breathe in. Breathe out. Oh, goodness. Goodness. I am so thankful and glad that you are here and super excited, challenged, got some great questions to ask you today. So let's get going. All right. I was in the bathroom this morning getting ready for my day. Do you ever catch your brain going round and round and round trying to figure out how are you going to do something? Do you do that? Or you ask yourself and your brain's just going around and around, how are you going to solve an issue or solve a problem or take a step forward? And then I catch myself where my thoughts are, where my brain on, my brain is. And it's like this controversy of, for me, it felt like, oh, just when you think you've arrived or your rival is greeted with self. So 
I felt like I was standing on the mountain of faith. And I felt God and he was moving and shaking and my heartbeat seemed to be so connected with him. Can you imagine me? Here's my cheerleader arms up in the air with pom-poms high saying, yes, we've got this. And it felt like all the little ducks were in a row waddling down the road in perfect follow. I was beating the drum of self-control up early, meditating, eating right, exercising, monitoring the in-go and the out-go. But sometimes, I mean, sometimes... The best productivity queen loses it, right? When circumstances just don't bow a knee. (sighs) You've been there and your brain is going round and round and you're trying to figure out how. Ah, Today, I have three areas for us to unpack three areas that if we open our heart, God will make a deposit, a deposit of understanding and strength and the endurance that grace provides. Ooh, it's so good. Let me tell you what we're in for today. Gifts of grace, surrender, forgive, and recognize. But first, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. I like to get the thinking juices rocking and rolling. I have a question for you. Who said it's not working? And who said grace isn't armed and dangerous? And who said... When you lost it, right? When you lost it. Who said you were kicked off of the mountaintop? And who put a sign in front of your face to change your focus? Who reached up from the pit of selfish circumstances and tried to pull you down? Who said... That losing your focus makes you lose the prize. Who said it? Isn't that the self or the you or the all of you that Jesus died for? Isn't that the mystery of grace? (laughs) You can see where my brain was going round and round and round trying to solve a problem, trying to answer an issue. And then when you feel like you lose it, right? Then you get all these, who said this and who said that, trying to get you to continue in the loss of your focus. So I heard him say to me, move out of the way, Kristen. Grace is abounding. What? What What did you say, Lord? He said, move out of the way, Kristen. Grace is abounding. So I've told you 
over the course of podcasting, some of my woes and different challenges with learning the podcasting craft. Hmm, I know. So this is my 124th episode. Yay! So we've walked down a few roads by now. We've learned a few tricks of the trade. Yep. Sometimes episodes can feel like pulling together a sermon for Sunday mornings. Been there, done that, doing that. Yep. There are 52 Sundays a year. Now imagine reaching into the fullness of your heart or at times a shallow circumference of your heart every week with the realization of where your words need to be heard. Yeah, that's as a pastor or your pastor, that, that's Every week, you got to reach in. You got to reach in and look at the life application and say, God. And you think about your words. I think about my words here on the podcast episode. You're listening. We're sharing. And I, I ask myself, Where are my words empowered to go? Where are your words empowered to go? Where will they penetrate? What ears will my words go into? What heart will they penetrate? It could be a broken heart. It could be a full heart. It could be a stubborn and judgmental heart, a religious heart, a desperate and last-on-the-leg heart, a tender heart, a need-to-be-encouraged heart, hearts that need healing, hearts that need a word straight from the throne of heaven, hearts that may be falling asleep, or hearts that don't really want to be there, Hearts of the family and hearts of the faithful. And he said to me, move out of the way, Kristen. Grace is abounding. (laughs) Okay, what does that look like? Help. (laughs) The other day, I had the wonderful privilege to have an extended love extended lunch, extended love, okay, one and the same, with a dear missionary friend. She's, how would I describe her? She's like a Mother Teresa or a Heidi Baker to the Roma people in Slovakia. Her and her husband has been, they've been on the mission field almost 40 years. So, We had a lovely lunch, but the rest of the day, I mulled over the situations and the different circumstances that she deals with on a day-in and day-out basis, with very much like what I have heard on the streets of Calcutta. Uh, I can only imagine 
broken people living in crisis. So I evaluated my words that I shared with her. I received an email from a customer that I created custom Evernote forms from. We have a growing partnership in support of her nonprofit. This nonprofit empowers and equips Latinas and first generation diverse professionals to overcome systematic workplace barriers through culturally relevant leadership programs. I know, my goodness, my friend is amazing and giving and sowing into the next generation of hearts. Well, her email informs me that her family's situation has just suffered a drastic blow. Oh, a trauma that can wreak havoc on one's own personal health. Again, my words seemed so small as I reached into the resources of my heart to love on her. And here we are. And I, re I repeat my question again to myself. Do you ever catch your brain going round and round and round trying to figure out how you're going to do something or how you're going to solve an issue or solve a problem or take a step forward? <laughs> I found this quote that just touched me. And this quote, it takes me to place where words are unseen, but the waters that they touch are powerful. It's quoted from Kaheli Hosina, a woman who will be like a rock in a riverbed, enduring without complaint. Her grace not sullied, but shaped by the turbulence that washes over her. Isn't that beautiful? It's impossible to exaggerate the dimensions and detail of the grace of God. It's, it's impossible to exaggerate grace is abounding. It's impossible to exaggerate the dimensions and the details of the grace of God. Plunge into the extravagant of grace where he exhibits the extreme dynamics of his bountiful dealings with us. That's the me, myself, and I, and the you, and the we, and the us. We are already advantaged far beyond any calculation of personal merit to be completely self-sufficient in all times, in every possible situation that we might face. Here we are front and center with grace. Self-sufficient at all times in every possible situation that we might face. The overflow thereof amply supplies the needs of others in many creative ways to do 
good, to do good. He amply supplies the needs of others. <laughs> I love what the commentary says to us in this scripture. Mm-hmm. From Corinthians 9, 8 and 9 in the mirror. This is an important point since many translations of this verse suggest that God's ability to make all grace abound towards us can only be in response to something we must first do in order to trigger God's into action. I will say that again. (laughs) That's what's different here. It's impossible to exaggerate the dimensions and details of the grace of God. And it is also impossible in that grace abounding that we have to respond in something first in order to trigger God into action. God is in action. God is in action. And that's what we are here today to exaggerate about. God is in action. So in verse 9, David takes on a liberal and extravagant giving. It's quoted in Psalms 112.9. He says, He has distributed freely and he has given to the poor. His righteousness consistently triumphs even in challenging times. Verse 10, the inventor of the seed and the bread is also the one who supplies and multiplies your resources and increases the harvest Righteousness, you're being at the right place at the right time where grace is abounding. Your righteousness, God, the author of your faith, the inventor of the seed and the bread, supplies and multiplies, right? Uh huh. So also in Corinthians here, Paul talks about, ah, this is one of my scriptures for this year, Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. And we are going to totally unpack this. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and return not but to water the earth and make it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth, and it shall not return to me empty, but accomplish that which I purposed and prospered in, the thing for which I sent it. God has purposed it. God has prospered it on the path that he sent it. Grace has been sent. Before we discuss the moving out of the way, (laughs) yep, moving out of the way, let's take a moment to visualize Isaiah 55. Imagine in your mind's eye rain and snow coming from the weather storehouses 
of heaven. Imagine that. Imagine it being sent forth. It talks about in Job, in chapter 38. Why is this relevant to us? It's sent forth, and God says it is purpose to prosper us, his word. So bear with me as I think. I think the entire chapter is so relevant for us to ask the same questions of ourselves. As God said to Job, who is this that questions my wisdom? Who? So let me share with you. So the Lord challenges Job. Maybe the Lord is challenging you and challenging me. Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind, Who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorant words? Brace yourself like a man because I've got some questions for you and you must answer them. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me, if you know so much, and who determined its dimensions and stretched out the surveying line? What supports its foundations and who laid its cornerstone? As the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy, we're going to pause for a moment here, because in the Hebrew translation in verse 7, it says it like this. As the morning stars, it's plural, as they sang together, the Hebrew says, as the sons of God sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. As the sons of God sang together, that's you and I present. I'll keep going. Verse 8. Who kept the sea inside its boundaries as it burst from the womb? And as I clothed it with the clouds and I wrapped it in thick darkness, for I locked it behind barred gates and limited its shores, I said, This far and no farther will you come. Here your proud waves must stop. Have you ever commanded the morning to appear and caused the dawn to rise in the east? Have you made daylight spread to the ends of the earth to bring an end to the night's wickedness? And as the light approaches the earth and it takes shape like clay pressed beneath the seal, it is robed in brilliant colors. The light disturbs the wicked and stops the arm that raised in violence. Have you ever explored the springs from which the seas come? Have you explored their depths? Do you know where the gates of death are located? Have you seen the gates of utter gloom? Do you realize the extent of the earth? Tell me about it if you know. Where does light come from and where does darkness go? Can you take each to its home? Can you, can you do that? Do you know how to get there? But, of course, 
you know all this. For you were born before it was all created, and you are so very experienced. Have you visited the storehouses of the snow or seen the storehouses of the hail? Here, this scripture is highlighting Isaiah 55, right where we were. And let's ask ourselves, have we visited the storehouses of the weather? Yes, because Jesus availed it to us when he gave us the keys to the kingdom. I have reserved them as weapons for a time of trouble, for the day of battle and war. Where is the path to the source of light? Where is the home of the east wind? Who created a channel for the torrents of rain? And who laid out the path for lightning? Who makes the rain fall on barren land, in desert where no one lives? And who sends rain to satisfy the parched ground and make the tender grass spring up? Does the rain have a father? And who gives birth to the dew? Who is the mother of ice? And who gives birth to the forest from the heavens? For the water turns to ice as hard as rock and the surface of the water freezes. Can you direct the movement of the stars, binding the cluster of Pallades or loosening the cords of Orion? Can you direct the constellations through the seasons or guide the bear with her cubs across the heavens? Do you know the laws of the universe? Can you use them to regulate the earth? Can you shout to the clouds and make it rain? And can you make lightning appear and cause it to strike as you direct? Or who gives intuition to the heart and instinct to the mind? Who is wise enough to count all the clouds and who can tilt the water jars of heaven when the parched ground is dry and the soil has hardened into clods? Can you stalk prey for a lioness and satisfy the young lion's appetites as they lie in their dens or crouch in the thicket? Who provides food for the ravens when the young cry out to God and wander about in hunger? Imagine grace now. Imagine God and his communication with Job. Every one of those items that God highlighted to Job we can say, yes, we can, or yes, we have, or at least say, Jesus, show me, and let him walk us on a path of discovery. Ah, that's like a wow, wow, right? It's, it's grace is abounding. We're thinking all the way to the edges where the four winds have been nailed. Grace is abounding. I invite you to check out the show notes. <laughs> I've included a collection of drawings from my journal notes on my journey 
of Encountering Heaven. With this collection is a drawing of the storehouses of weather, the Yusad, the dawn, the ends of the earth. Mm, yep, I shared them. You'll be blessed. Now, when I read Isaiah 55, it has a different dynamic, doesn't it? <laughs> Imagine, put those through those together and sew them together for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and it returns not but it waters the earth making it bring forth and sprout giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth it shall not return to me empty but it will accomplish that which I purposed and prospered in the thing for which I sent it. It's purposed, it's prospered, and it's on the path that he sent it. Grace has been sent. Grace is abounding and will not return back to God void. Hoot. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Do I have your attention? Yep. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but accomplish that which I purpose and prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Here's our question. Where is it returning? Where is it returning? To God? To God in heaven? Or is it returning to Jesus seated at the right hand of God? Or is it returning to the oneness of God seating, seated on the inside of you and me? Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> Aha, is it returning to the oneness of God seated on the inside of you and me? Ha, this is a good time to go ask Jesus. Amen. <laughs> I love questions. Imagine with me God's word spoken over you, returning to you, completed, purposed and prospering. We're ready now. We're ready, ready. Let's get to our three gifts of grace. Oh, we totally need a Salal moment. Pause and think about that. How good God is. Grace. And didn't you just love that part? Well, there isn't anything. There is nothing that we have to do because God is in action. Self move out of the way. I'm so glad he told me to move out of the way. And it was such an honor to share part one with you. Yep. Get ready, get ready. Just a couple of days and I'll have this ready and released to you. Part two, we're going to unpack those grace gifts. Oh, it is so awesome. I'm going to go finish editing it so I can share it with you. PDQ.
Okay, thank you so much for spending this precious time with me as we together just learn about the goodness of God, our oneness in Him. And what did I say? We're learning to remember our oneness is internal. Okay, mark your calendar. Make sure that you share this episode with your friends. They'll be blessed. And I'll see you in a couple of days. Part two, get out of the way, Kristen. Grace is abounding.